All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike. Adjust this mic. Mike in the mic. And uh, this is my third week in this baby car. Man, this thing gets good gas mileage compared to what I'm used to. <laughs> and of course it would, it's got an engine uh, less than a third the size of my last engine. Last engine was what, a 2.7, so wait, 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 2.7. So this, this engine is less than a fourth uh, the size of the last motor I drove, but it only gets half as good a gas mileage, which makes no sense. I think it should get four times better gas mileage, but it doesn't. Uh, that's how they get you. Uh, still really need to get into another car sometime, this thing. Yeah, not my favorite. So anyway, it is, uh, what, something like October the 6th? Is that right? Sure, October 5th, maybe, is what it is. Anyway, it's a Wednesday, so you tell me. Somewhere in the world, it's October 4th, for sure. Uh, and yeah, I'm on my way to work as usual. Not much has been going on this week, uh, except that I've been going deeper and deeper into uh, my pursuit of discovering jazz, um, especially vocal jazz. Um, what I mean by that is, uh, singers, jazz singers, uh, but I have been, have been looking for, uh, instrumentalists and went out to a little, uh, jazz recording bar, listened to some good, good music out there, uh, this last year with my wife, we had a nice evening out, and, uh, still looking for either a group uh, with which I can I can perform here in Japan uh, and and or uh, starting a group right and of getting a group going that I can perform with finding some young people who want to do jazz so I've been networking with other friends this week trying to find a good jazz uh, pianist and that's been so far only slightly successful. Um, I have some prospects, about three people uh, that I have reached out to and we'll see how that goes. Uh, you know, like I said before, jazz is a, it's a different kind of animal. It's a, it's a living, breathing kind of thing. It's not it doesn't lend itself well to recording. Of course, there are lots of jazz recordings, and, and that's great, but you can't replace the experience that is live jazz with a recording because it's, it's you know, it's, you're not a part of the conversation then, right? So I talked about last week how, you know, there's kind of a conversation that goes on. Um, playfulness sometimes, a... You know everything that goes on with the conversation of, of intimate people uh, happens in jazz. You know, there's a lot of love. There may be a little bit of uh, 
teasing. You know, there, there's all kinds of things that can happen musically. And knowing the language allows you to take part in that, um, take part in that conversation. And, and then even if you understand the language, you have to have the confidence to speak up, right? Musically speaking. Uh, as in, you know, it's the same with everything else, I guess. So anyway, I, I'm still, I've been singing a lot this week of uh, a lot of Frank Sinatra, to tell you the truth. I mean, he's, his range and my range are very similar. Uh, and so a lot of the songs that he made famous uh, are songs that fit in my voice real well. Uh, one song I really like right now is That's Life. Uh, and it's, it's a... It's a song I think that's meant to be encouraging, but it's got, you know, it's got some humor in the lyrics, and and uh, it's probably a song that not many people have heard. You know, uh, Frank Sinatra's songs that are really famous would be "Fly Me to the Moon," of course, and "My Way" uh, are the more famous. Now, I'm talking about people who, you know, don't listen to Frank Sinatra but have heard him in movies and you know things like this. Uh, those are the songs that are really, really popular. That's Life is is one of the more edgy Frank Sinatra songs that I've listened to. It's 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 a little bit more of a blues, uh, and and Frank's voice, the way he delivers it, is less croony and more bluesy. Although you know, I wouldn't call. Sinatra a blues singer per se, but but in this song, like I said, it's a little less polished, a little a little more raw, and uh, I really appreciate the way he delivered uh, the lyrics. Um, and the song is is sort of similar to other songs that he has sung. Uh, thinking of my way specifically, talking about how I do things my way. You know, I I've. You know, I've been down, I've been up. Uh, I have regrets, but not too many. But no matter what you say about me, good or bad, you have to admit that I did it my way. And of course, that's a you know that that's a very Western uh, sentiment. Um, and even even in Japan, <laughs> which is kind of funny, they call a person who is maybe a little bit selfish or, you know, a person who walks to the, uh, to a different drummer, as we say, a person who is, uh, I don't know, maybe antisocial, but antisocial, not so much as, as just someone who refuses to follow the norm, right? Uh, they call them a my way person. <laughs> I don't know if still my way this. <laughs> that, that person is, is a, is a my way person. Yeah, so it's kind of kind of funny, uh, and I'm pretty sure it comes from the song. Although it doesn't have to come from the song, the the idea of I want to do it my way is a you know it's it exists in its own right, just as language. Um, still, still, it's kind of cute. But this song, uh, that's life, is a little bit more a little bit more humble. Uh, and it doesn't, it doesn't talk about the, you know, it doesn't talk about getting back at the people who didn't believe in you or anything like that. It does mention them, but, but nothing about revenge, just about, hey, just, you know, get back up, keep going. Those people are going to be there. 
you know, you, you just keep going. Don't give up. And he's the song kind of comes. Sure, Frank didn't write it, but the song comes from you know the first person view of you know that's life. You know, sometimes if you're down in May, just realize you know you're going to be up in June, and uh, you know that that kind of thing. Actually, it's April. If you're down in April, you need to be back on top in June. That's life. And it says that you know, crazy as it may seem, some people get their kicks stomping on a dream. And we've all met those people, and maybe maybe we've been those people. Uh, you know, may, maybe we have uh, been that person who who didn't believe in somebody when they had, you know, a dream. And parents, I think, are often put in that position <clears throat> of number one, uh, believing in your kids, right, supporting them and believing them. But number two, kind of, you know trying to help them stay grounded and realistic and, and uh, you know, ha- help them to f- find a realistic plan that they can follow because very few people know their kids better than their parents, maybe nobody, uh, although we're wrong sometimes, uh, except the kids themselves. I think the kids themselves know themselves. And, and, and that's part of being adults, knowing yourself better, knowing yourself more and more, right? Uh, realizing your own uh, shortcomings and, uh, and you know working to overcome them. So yeah, I've been working on this song. That's life, and <clears throat> and I've worked on "Fly Me to the Moon," and uh, I've I've been kind of singing my way here and there for years in you know uh, karaoke and things like this. So, um, but I'm really trying to get into the the repertoire. And, and not not just Frank Sinatra. I'm trying to get into the music. So I bought what's called a real book, which is basically what uh, jazz musicians read when they go to a gig of standards. Now, there is other music besides standards. <clears throat> but, yeah, so what you have in a real book for vocalists, and that's what I have, it is the words and the melody and then chords. Uh, and chord notation in jazz is different than chord notation you will find in a pop song, for example, or a rock song. Uh, quite different. So you have to learn, similar, but, you know, not the same. So you have to learn to read them. And the difference between pop music and jazz generally is that in pop music, a chord will usually contain three and sometimes four notes. Three and sometimes four. Uh, and usually when it's four, one of the notes is doubled, right? Uh, that's generally country, rock, um, older classical music and things like this. But... In jazz, the chords are very dense, and what you have are are more notes in a tighter space. There's only there are only twelve tones, right? There are only twelve notes that we use in Western music, and so when you when you have a chord of three notes, that's that's the most normal chord you can have, uh, like do mi so. 
right? Three notes. It's a major chord, and uh, it's it's very comfortable to our ears, right? This uh, it's called a triad, right? Three notes in a triad, and just like it are, are the, is the minor triad, which is do mi flat so. Uh, which is a minor triad, and those those two triads are basically what our songs are made out of: major and minor chords, uh, and really not much else. Now there there's the occasional seven chord, uh, and the very occasional diminished chord, but in general, those are the two chords, right? We have majors and minors, and that's it. That's what all of our music is based out of. That's probably what ninety nine percent of pop music is based out of major and minor chords and you know the occasional seventh and you might have a ninth here and there ninth is yeah anyway but jazz almost every chord is at least a seventh and then they take the what you normally would hear for example I talked about a major chord a major triad of do mi so and maybe they'll just make it a minor, do, mi, flat, so, and then they'll flat the fifth, do, mi, flat, do, mi, flat, so, so flat, right? And that becomes a diminished, and then they add a seventh, do, mi, flat, so, flat, so, flat, so, do, mi, flat, so, so, flat, on this note, which is a she C C flat and then they might add a ninth and an eleventh and these chords become clusters instead of nice separated triads all of these notes tend to gather on the page like a cluster of grapes and all these close uh, close notes make a very thick um, dissonant sound to most people's ears, right? It's not a sound uh, that most people would say, oh, that's beautiful. Now, sometimes it is. Now, they're, you know, a minor seventh chord is one of the more, more beautiful chords you'll ever hear. It's just gorgeous. It's round. It's universal. It's beautiful. A minor seventh chord, uh, which occurs a lot in, in uh, jazz. But what jazz does so beautifully maybe better than any other genre is it creates these dissonant chords but then that next chord the distance between the dissonant chord uh, to the more uh, consonant chord I think that's the right word <laughs> uh, the more um, yeah I haven't talked music theory to, in English to anybody in way too long Anyway, to the more conventional chord, let's say, that distance makes it so beautiful. And that's what we call resolution, right? You take a dissonant, thick, clustered chord and you resolve it into something that's less so. And that journey that it makes is something that we enjoy to hear, right? It's just beautiful, that resolution. And our bodies kind of, and our minds and our hearts can be um, I used the word last year manipulated by that but that's kind of what music does it, 
it it makes us feel a certain way. And and I think the best composers understand this, right? That that I can make I can challenge you with a really dissonant dare I say ugly chord as long as I give you a beautiful resolution you love me for it and you love the music for it and that's that's kind of what uh, what jazz and especially jazz standards that I've been studying now there's more modern jazz obviously the jazz I'm studying right now is more from the let's say uh, 1940s and 50s in the 60s and 70s jazz became a little bit more experimental <clears throat> little edgier uh, Miles Davis and, and guys like this but I'm talking about the, the a little older jazz not the oldest jazz the oldest jazz is probably more akin to the blues or gospel uh, and that's that's the jazz of uh, Louis Armstrong and uh, what what is what has been called Dixieland jazz uh, probably is better called tr- traditional jazz um, but I'm kind of looking at the jazz of the 40s, uh, 1930s, 40s, 50s. Um, it did persist, obviously, into the 60s and 70s. But uh, anyway, um, the study of this has just been fun, and it's gotten me back on the piano a little bit, and I'm a horrible... Uh, I'm, I don't play piano. The best I do is, is work out chords... And, uh, you know, I might be able to do happy birthday or something like that. But that's, that's it. But just getting back on the piano and, and feeling the fingering and hearing the beautiful resolution of these chords has just been really fun for me. Uh, and, uh, you know, some of these, what, what did I come across the other day? I can't even remember, but it was something like a, a, a major seven. A major seven chord with a, a flat, what was it, a flat ninth, right? Which is basically A, B flat, C sharp, right? So you got A, B, C, all these notes right next to each other. All three of them are going to sound at the same time. But then you got the seventh, so actually you have a G in there too. You have a, I think it's a, was it a major seven or it could have been just a seven chord, which also known as a minor seven. It was probably a G flat. Uh, let's see, a, a G G A B flat C. Well, that's four notes that are right next to each other on the keyboard. Now you got you know some sharps and flats in there, of course, uh, but. You get my idea of the cluster, right? You can almost not get closer than that. And some of those chords, you can't get any closer in Western music. Um, anyway, it's it's just interesting. It's fun watching uh, how the composers put these songs together and the chords that have been... I, I realize the composers didn't necessarily choose these chords. They may have changed down through the years and, and you know new chords may have been added or whatever but and a lot of these jazz songs from the 40s and 50s can be simplified into something really not jazz at all you take out the sevenths and the ninths and the diminishes and all that uh, 
and there are 11ths too. Don't get me started on 13ths. But, you know, they can be done in a very non-jazz way. Uh, and basically it becomes a, a pop type song or a, you know. But the, you know, seeing that the jazz, jazz composers or jazz players over the years were devoted to this understanding dissonance and resolution, right? Resolving dissonance. Um, it's a beautiful thing. It's, it's really, really beautiful. I'm afraid in life, you know, we, we who are cynical, we spend way too much time on the, you know, outlining the dissonant parts of life, the parts of life that are uncomfortable and, and negative. Uh, without offering any resolution. Um, a lot of people's lives are dissonant. Another word for dissonance in life, I think, is chaos. We've talked about chaos before. You know, chaos in, in music is where you hear a sound or a, a, a collection of sounds that are played simultaneously that you can't make hide nor, nor hair of, right? You can't really describe. You, it doesn't... You don't understand it. It's not comfortable to you. Um, and and that's that's what life... <laughs> we're back to Frank Sinatra's song, That's Life. That's what life's about, you know. Life, life is going to be chaotic at times. There's going to be times when you're not going to be able to see a way out or a way up or a way off, um, depending on whatever's happening in your life. Um, and and that's a, that's a dissonant part of life. That, that that's a part of life that that you know is happening all at once, and it, it really is just noise. And it's noise that you know, at sometimes the frequency of which is just overwhelming, and all you can do is uh, curl up in the fetal position. And <laughs> Frank sings about that in this song. He he, he says. He, the joke of the song is, you know, if you're down in April, you'll be on top, back on top, in, or you're on top of the world in April, and you're knocked down in May. That's what the song is, right? But I'm going to change my tune because I'll be back on top in June. But the very last lyric of the song is, but if by July, you know, I haven't, I haven't recovered, if, if in July I'm back down again... Uh, I'm going to roll up into a big ball and die. And, you know, he's talking about the, I think a lot of it is the insecurities of, of uh, performers. You know, if we're not booking gigs, if, if nobody wants to hear us, if we're not selling tickets, uh, if, if we don't have something on the calendar... Uh, we can feel very insecure about that. Man, I've experienced that in my life for sure. And so he's talking about the, you know, the fact that well, I'm just going to pity myself again and just roll up, roll up in a big ball and die. And I think I'll probably change that lyric to cry because die is a little bit severe and it kind of, kind of sounds like suicide the way he's talking about it. But I don't think that's what he means. And by the the way the music goes, I would think he's talking about something very different, but, but the reality is probably 
sometime in your life, the chaos is going to be so severe. The way forward so obscured that you're going to want to roll up in a ball and die. And Maybe you will actually roll up in a ball. Maybe you'll just, you know, put your knees to your chest and, and lay on your couch and, and cry, you know, and ball. Maybe that'll happen. You know, life has a way of, of knocking us down. And, and even if it weren't, you know, even if it wasn't people who take pleasure in stomping on our dreams, as the song says, life seems to do so, right? Even if it's unintentional, there's stuff that happens, right? And that's the, that's the theme of the song. That's life. You know, the, the popular way to say that has been the last several years, shit happens, right? That's what we say, pardon my French, right? It just does. Uh, and that's the, that's the, the truth about life. It just does. It just happens. Things happen and, and you feel a complete lack of control. You know, that happened to me this week. I'll say it wasn't overly severe, but it's one of those things where there just seems to be no answer and you start worrying that the past is going to repeat itself uh, and you start to um, and usually it deal, you know it's dealing with things that are really outside of your control you know other people other people not um, doing what you think they should or you know um, living up to their their agreements or you know whatever the case may be um, a lot of times that the stuff that that brings you low uh, is is just that things that you really can't control and yet you feel responsible and you feel deeply about it and that's normal that's that's the kind of dissonant chords that life throws at you the great thing about Jesus and faith in Jesus is that we know at the end of all this dissonant discordant life there is beautiful resolution and I think that resolution happens in this life very often and I think I actually think that Christ would not be Christ unless he were offering us some resolution in this life as well not just in the life to come uh, the age to come the life to come however you look at that uh, I'm not the kind of person that that wants to just wow are you okay just wait for heaven and and uh, just assume that life's gonna suck until then that used to be me <laughs> and I think I used to actually teach people that you know don't worry it sucks now but one day after you die it's all gonna be worth it. <laughs> I, I think that's, I think that's uh, selling Christ short, uh, and I think it overemphasizes the physical aspects of this life to bring you comfort. I, 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 I think, I think may, maybe, perhaps, the best journey we can be on this life is to divorce us, ourselves from the comfort of, of life and find true comfort in Christ despite 
the absence of, of material things, right? Which is the essence of materialism, right? So I think one of the, you know, the popular Christian thing has been, well, don't worry if you don't have money, if you don't have food, if you don't have a place to live, uh, if you don't have your health, uh, if you don't have power, position. Uh, don't worry if you don't have those things. You'll get those things eventually. You know, God's going to give you a crown and you're going to live in heaven. You're, you're, you're going to reign with him and rule with him. And that's all fine. You know, like I, I don't disagree with that necessarily. I might disagree about what that means actually, about how much of that's metaphor. But I actually think the crown and the life uh, and, and the resolution, all of that can be yours now. It's not something you have to wait for and put off life for. I think, I think you can find beautiful resolution now in this life, here and now. And it happens, uh, it happens spiritually, it happens mentally, that, that heaven can be accessed by your mind. And, and a lot of that is about not putting off the acquiring or the acquisition of, of all these physical things after death, or before death, but actually saying they are not valuable anyway, right? Isn't that what Jesus was trying to teach us when he says, you know, um, think of the birds of the field. They don't work, right? They don't, they don't work. They don't work hard. They're not busying themselves all the time. Uh, they, they don't worry right? Uh, but God takes care of them. They have what they need, right? They, they are, they are taken care of. Uh, he says, look at the, look at the flowers of the field, which are, you know, here today and gone tomorrow, basically. He says, not even Solomon, King Solomon, the, the, the wealthiest man, uh, ever. So they believed, right? Not even he was as beautiful as they are. So don't you think God wants to take care of you if he takes care of the birds and the flowers? Right? And I think it's it's about finding contentment. Or, or rather, finding your treasure in divorcing yourself from the physical things of life. And taking away the power that they wield over you. I struggle with this. I, I, I don't know anybody who doesn't. Uh, I know there are probably people who do it better than me. Um, I don't do it very well at all. But, but I think, you know, I, th I think that's, that's heaven in a sense, is, is getting down to what really is valuable in life. What is valuable? What... What are the treasures that you can have now? When Jesus talked about storing your treasures in heaven, you know, he was he was using a metaphor. But what about? And he was talking about, you know, giving up all of your physical things, giving up the, the attachment that you have to them. Um, and in that way, 
we can achieve um, release. You know, they they keep us they keep us captive. Let's be honest. You know, even a car. Even if you're not making a car payment, you're having to keep gas in the tank and, and oil in the engine, and you're having to you know make sure it's got good tires and brakes, and and uh, you need to wash it and clean it. And, you know, there are all kinds of things that you worry about when it comes to your car. Is it going to start today? Is it going to get me where it needs to go? Where where I need to go? Um, that's not even to mention the, the way that we idolize cars. You know, how we attach our identity to the cars we drive. <laughs> I'm totally guilty of that. I don't like driving these little bitty cars. <laughs> yeah, anyway, it is what it is. Um, that's life. That's life. Funny how it seems. Some people get your kicks stomping on a dream. But he says, I'm not going to let it, let it get me down because this big old world keeps spinning around. (laughs) Yeah, so that's life. The Japanese say shogunai, shogunai. Um, That's life. Life happens. Life is chaotic. Life is dissonant. But there's beauty in the resolution of that. We've all experienced that, I think. We've experienced uh, the dawn following the dark night, right? The dawn always follows the night. The sun will rise. The sun also rises. Book by uh, Hemingway. The sun also rises. Um... Yeah, so take heart, have courage. This too shall pass. And for those people, and they are out there, whose life is nothing but dissonance and dissonant chords, um, and who may die in that state, uh, to you I say, um, I'm sorry, and I wish uh, I knew what I could do for you, uh, and I wish you all the best. I wish you resolution. I, I, I pray for your uh, deliverance, and I admire your courage uh, as you've chosen uh, to continue to fight, even if you've only only trying to hold on and even if you've given up some of life can be so dissonant, so discordant so chaotic uh, that I'd be surprised if you didn't give up but I want to say to you that I pray and I hope that you receive relief in this life I hope that you receive receive the resolution the relief uh, I hope you're released uh, from all that ails you and grieves you uh, 
and and I do have faith that you will also receive that in the life to come. That's my belief. Um, I don't presume to know your situation, and so I don't tell you to to keep fighting. Maybe it's, you know, maybe you've fought, fought enough. Maybe somebody else needs to come in and champion, uh, be your champion, you know. That's okay too. Let them. Allow people to help you. Well, I can say from personal experience and, and, and witnessing other people's experiences that, that life's chaos is real. Uh, it's nothing to dismiss. Uh, it's nothing to judge. We shouldn't judge people how they react to the chaos that life throws at them. Instead, we should be working on ways to help resolve that chaos as much as possible, right? How can we at least take one of those dissonant notes and resolve it, right? There's going to be lots of them. You know, how can, how can we do that? How can we, you know, at least get them out from under one thing? Um, Yeah. Life's hard. That's life. Life's hard. Life's full of chaos. So I just pray for resolution for you. All right, well, I'm going to wrap it up right there. Looks like my recording lasted, which is a good thing. So we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.